Are we seeing a change in the target priority for one AFC South team? What AFC North receiver needs to be benched until further notice? And what are we expecting from Deshaun Watson against the Cardinals in week nine? Plus, the second place team owner in the FFPC main event, Jake Rennie, is going to hang out with us tonight to break down the Vikings with Jaron Hall. Demario Douglas without Kendrick Bourne and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Welcome in, welcome in. Greetings to all the Balkaholics and Ferelliacs. Thank you so much, Rob. Uh, welcome to the latest episode. Of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. Follow me on the X, uh, at Eric Balkman. You also can uh, check me out on the road of his High Stakes Lowdown, the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show in the FFPC. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. One Farrell Elliott, who is going to be joining me shortly. I'll bring him on in a little bit. Coming up on tonight's show, Farrell and I are going to talk about the correct running back to start for the Rams this weekend as they make their pilgrimage east to take on the uh, Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Uh, we're going to talk about whether Rasheed Rice, speaking of a pilgrimage east, he's in Germany this week. Uh, so we're going to talk about that game uh, and whether Rasheed Rice is in for a big game there. And then uh, the second-place team owner in the FFPC main event, uh, Jake Rennie, is going to join us uh, to talk about Chris Rodriguez, sort of that changing potential change that we could be seeing in the commander's backfield here going forward. We're going to talk about Marvin Mims, what's going on with him now that we don't have uh, any trades and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are still in Denver. We'll get into that too. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFF hour. I should say connect with us on X, another quarter in the jar. If you want to connect with us on X at HSFF hour at Eric Balkman, check out the Kentucky fantasy football state championship at KFFSC.com post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFF hour. If you have any questions for us, uh, you can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootballgmail.com. We'll try to get to all your inquiries uh, coming up later on in the fantasy feedback segment before we let you get on to enjoy your weekend here. Thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and our producer and uh, my mutual, uh, our mutual friend Rob. Um, go to myffpc.com right now. You've probably got two screens up. Go ahead. Go to myffpc.com. Play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. Just choose 10 players. Uh, if you want to play without kickers and defenses, 12 players, if you want to play with them, just get them in by 1 p.m. on Sunday and then just watch your points pile up for the weekend. Um, only one player per team, $35 uh, is the is the base entry fee. You can also enter for $200 and can win up to $2,500. Uh, another big announcement from the FFPC today, global bidding is now available on uh, myffpc.com, which means you can uh, not only drop players from all your leagues, you can add players, place bids uh, from all your leagues at the click of a button. It's really, really cool. If you go on your My Teams page, you can check out um, 
the it's it's sort of like towards the right hand side of the screen towards the top where it says global bidding and you'll be able to click on that and make your global bids from there if you want to know how it works we just posted about a five minute uh tutorial on our youtube channel that you can check out there it's also paste, uh, posted on our x uh, profile so you can scroll through there and check out that five minute video if you want to learn how the global process global bidding process is going to work it's going to make it easier for you if you have multiple teams which i know many of you do um, people are already saying, you know, how, how much time this is going to save them on Wednesday night, Sunday morning. So, uh, certainly check that out again at myffpc.com. Uh, remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with your friends and enemies and get notified every time we go live. We are going live right now with the commissioner of fantasy football, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. You follow him on the X at Jay Farrell Elliott. Jay Farrell Elliott, welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, buddy, I am so thrilled to be here. I wish I could tell you there was greatness to my lateness tonight, but I, yeah, I'm here though. You are here, which is the biggest thing. Like, yeah. um, who was it? Who said that? Um, ninety percent of life is just showing up. Something like yeah, that. I did because you said that. Okay. Yeah, because my talents begin to to slide downhill from there. So I, I was the one who came up with that. I got it. I got it. Okay, and I'm well, loving this global thing. I don't know the five minute tutorial. You know, by, by 90 seconds in, I'd be calling in for assistance. But I have plenty of players that should be dropped globally. So I'm, I'm yeah. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I I think that's going to be a, a lot of uh, – it's going to make for a lot more fun, you know, just because yeah. I know fab can be a tedious process. Oh, yeah. uh, but I know a lot of people are going to be digging that. I think it's cool. We're pretty proud of it, pretty excited about that at FFPC.com. Um, the Carolina Panthers are pretty proud of their running back stable right should now. Should be. Proud enough that David Newton's reporting, uh, Farrell, that Frank Reich is saying Chuba Hubbard is going to start against the Colts this weekend. However, it's still going to be a committee attack. Ray Chung was on the high stakes slowdown a couple weeks How's ago. How's Ray doing? And he's doing very well and uh, just moved to New York. He's very excited. And uh, he told me, he's like, look, the way that Frank Reich is talking about Hubbard, he's going to be the guy that you want going forward in, uh, in week eight. Uh, there was uh, 20 running back rush attempts for Carolina. Chuba Hubbard had 15 of them. Miles Sanders, not only did he not have the other five, he only got two snaps the whole game. Uh, Chuba Hubbard and Raheem Blackshear uh, sort of went uh, tit for tat on targets in the passing game. And and I think that Hubbard um, is almost, I don't want to say a slam dunk start. I know there's four teams on by, but man, he is tough to sit down right now. And then you look at uh, Miles Sanders, there's not a, a, a league I want to have him close to my starting lineup in. Terp was right. You don't hear us say that every show, but we'll say it tonight. Terp was right about this player. And he had, um, you know, I, I don't think Miles returns to fantasy relevance. I think that the owners of Hubbard that were had the foresight to, to – uh, put him on the team, can look back to the Miami game. In the Miami game, he had 19 carries, and that was the best game of the year. You know, we said it last week about Pollard and Elliott in the example that we talked about. It, it's difficult to be the guy. Uh, when when Hubbard was the contributory piece, getting about 30% of the snaps out of that backfield, uh, he, he averaged the Pollard-esque 4.95 yards a carry. Now he's down to earth more like 3.9, but he's still a solid performer. I look at their schedule going forward. It's not easy, but it's not that difficult. Uh, Blackshear will not threaten him in the passing game, although he it's likely with his skill set that he'll get some look as a change of pace back. But Hubbard 
for better or worse going forward with Carolina Panthers, looks like a three down back to me, Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And and I wish I had more of him. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, I grabbed a bunch of these backup running backs, um, yeah, but yeah. I did I, I did not grab yeah. enough Hubbard, which which is really unfortunate. Let's go to the uh, the YouTube chat right now. Rubio's hanging out there uh, watching with us. Uh, who would you start this week? Sam Howell against the Patriots or CJ Stroud against the Bucs? Stroud um, is uh, is at home, and then Howell, yeah, obviously on the road. Close for me. Um, you know, I'm, I've been digging Stroud, but Howell's been coming on. Um, I, I still lean towards Stroud in this matchup. Farrell, do you have strong feelings on this? I don't, but I, I think I'm going to give the edge to Stroud. I do. We talked Stroud in Houston last week, and the people that listened to us were bitten by our advice. And we were, you know, we were dealing with a team on the road that was coming off a bye, and uh, Houston played very, very poorly in the red zone. As they return home, they're a different type of team at home. There'll be a different type of situation at the quarterback. Um, so all the things we said good about Carolina last week uh, stands for this week. Or, uh, Houston last week stands for this week, especially Stroud. And uh, so, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, How is just God bless him. He's all over the place. He's an exciting player, great best ball player. You try to figure out when you should start. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it can be confusing, and and obviously he crushed it uh, in week eight, put up a, a pile of points. We'll get into more uh, Commanders talk with Jahan Dotson later on in the program. But mm-hmm. to your point, Farrell, he is very difficult to figure out when he is going to be going off. A guy who has been easier to figure out when he is putting up a good week uh, is Ben Josh Downs because he's been putting up a lot of good weeks lately for the Colts. He's dealing with a knee issue. He did practice today, according to, to James Boyd. We bring this up because he was not listed on Wednesday's injury report at all. He was added uh, to the uh, team's injury report yesterday, and we never like to see that. The fact that he's practicing um, makes him uh, a solid start, in my opinion. In the last three games, 23 targets, which is still behind Michael Pittman, but he's outshined Michael Pittman in a couple of games. I guess the guy who really loses in this scenario is, is Alec Pierce. But, Farrell, we're looking at Gardner Minshew as the quarterback the rest of the way, and I think you can make a pretty strong case that Pittman is a nice second uh, uh, receiver for you, um, a, a great top flex. And then you could flex out Josh Downs as well. These guys look, I don't want to say every week plays, but the next closest thing. You know, you, Bucky, you're underrating these players. Uh, they are every week stars. Uh, yeah. The Pittman has 50. Downs has 40. They're the kind of passes that you're going to get from Gardner Minshew, where we really um, where we really got shortchanged, the owners of these receivers. And I would love to just hear from an owner that was smart enough to stack these guys, because I wasn't. I had Pittman everywhere. Uh, it, what, what held me back from Downs was 5'10", 170. Mm-hmm. And... Um, how that would work with the rookie quarterback. And I, I knew Pittman was going to get the targets. Pittman continues to get the targets, even with Minshew, double-digit targets in five games. But Downs has had double-digit targets in one game, uh, and and he is the type of player that doesn't need those targets. Balky, you talk about his his skill set. You know, he and Pittman complement each other very, very well. Uh, Pierce is the odd man out. I don't think he would be – if Richardson was there, 
but Pierce is the odd man out. The tight end is not part of the receiving package in this offense, maybe sometimes in the red zone. What you've got in Downs is, is a player, and I had to make a choice between Flowers and Downs, and I went with Flowers, and I'm happy with my choice. But what you've got in Downs is a player, very, very strong lowers. He's 170 pounds, but in the thighs and hips, very, very strong. And he's got that short area burst, and you can see it all over the field. And that initial burst to get off the line is separates him from all the best corners. But he, you know, he's 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 like the, the announcers will say, Well, oh, he shifted into fifth gear or top gear there. Yeah, he can beat he can beat a corner twice. Uh, in the routes. And there's just so much I love about him. This guy is going to be a, a superstar in this league. The Colts are lucky to have him. Both these receivers, even with Minshew, are going to push 100 receptions this year, and they're going to start getting in the end zone. The difference between downs, what makes him different is Pittman. Uh, Pittman's going to win that contested ball, but once he c- catches it, he's not going to make a lot of guys miss. He caught one down around the five-yard line, Um uh, a couple weeks ago and and you know the, the players just you know there was no chance at a touchdown downs catches that same pet so he'll he'll make two tacklers miss so uh i love both these players how bulky if, if you can quickly get it i would love to know where he was going once we got to planet hollywood with downs because i know pippen was a seven and i think downs was a 10 but i'm not sure but how smart we would have been to uh, <laughs> wow Well, listen, um, almost smart should be the name of this show because we we've had a lot of, of, (laughs) we've, we've had a lot of good calls, but we've been very close to, to making some great calls for our own personal teams. Hasn't always happened that way. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that, um, the, at, at, for the FFPC main event, the final drafts of the year, when we, when we were at planet Hollywood, Josh Downs. Oh, I can't be looking at this, right? You can't be. No. Uh, 19th round. That, no way. No, there's no right. way that's accurate. There's no right. That's that's and and which is weird because that's what I'm looking at. Well, on on Mojo he was Mojo. hanging down there with Puka. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah exactly. <laughs> now where was that's the the real question. Puka Nakua, uh, 17th round. So yeah. Was down, down Downs couldn't have been going that late, was he? What am I missing here? I don't think he was, but uh, you know, hey, look. Uh, Darren Armani's numbers do not lie. Yeah, I I yeah. guess, I, and that that's what I'm seeing here. 19th round uh, on average, wide receiver 93 in both the Fantasy Pros Championship and the FFPC main event. We could have looked really smart, Farrell. Really smart. Um, let's try to look really smart right now for Josh. Do you think Kareem Hunt is a good start this week? Uh, Kareem Hunt, who is taking on the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to get into the Sean Watson aspect of it here shortly, but um, Kareem Hunt uh it you know competing for uh touches with uh Pierre Strong and Jerome Ford is he the Cleveland Browns running back that you want to play this week I don't know if the question was is he a better start than he was last week yes mm-hmm. so that's that's as close as I can get to my endorsement of of that player you're you're dealing with a team with a lot of questions on offense uh let's think about someone else but okay who is he better than um, we've got to go way, way, way down the line to find out who he's a better start than. Uh, I, not, nothing is particularly coming to my okay, mind. Okay, well, how about this? How about this? Um, Kareem Hunt or Gus Edwards against the Seahawks? 
Well, you can't you can't shoot the horse that won the race. You got to go with Gus Edwards. Okay, so uh, Kareem Hunt or Brian Robinson against the Patriots. So Brian Robinson has flashed a little bit. I like Hunt's upside, so there we go. Let's go with let's go with Hunt. And, and last one, Kareem Hunt or Alexander Madison against the Falcons. No, we're never going to start Alexander Madison. <laughs> okay, so there you go on that one. Um, here's an interesting one again from Josh on YouTube. Do you guys think Aaron Jones is going to bounce back? Um, Aaron Jones, a guy. Okay. So I, I think I can't remember if I said it on this show, Pharaoh, but it was almost to the point where I, I had to wait till I saw it from Aaron Jones before I could comfortably start him because the Packers were limiting his touches. He wasn't fully healthy. And then Matt LaFleur said, he doesn't often use this language, but when he was speaking to the media today, he said, Aaron Jones is ready to go. We're ready to cut him loose, which, oh. is, which is great. That's what you want to see. Cutting him loose against the Rams defense in Lambeau. Yes, please. I think he's going to bounce back this week. I think he is going to have his second best game of the season next to that big game he had against the Bears in week one. I think, yeah, I'd, I'd start him with confidence this week. Well, Bonky, you're the word on everything Wisconsin, and so I follow you, and I'm happy to know that. When we looked at it last week, uh, the contributions between the 20s when we got down the red zone, Dylan was on the field. And it's enough to make you throw up your hands as a fantasy football player. Uh, it looks like they're trying to make Dylan the running back, and he has not answered the bell. No. So now he did have five catches last week, for what it's worth. Well, it for what it is worth. God bless him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, look, if you drafted Jones, you've got to have productivity from him based on what you spent for him. And if you're still in the hunt, uh, it, it may be time to collect those dividends and bulky. I think you advised everyone perfectly uh, as to what to do here. You know, the top five running backs in fantasy scoring, and I, you can confirm this with FFPC numbers, bulky, but, you know, McCaffrey, Etienne, Mostert, which no one expected, but we, we all loved, Walker, which you and I love. And then I think it's Zach Moss. So names that we're less familiar with can be very, very meaningful uh, uh, to us, and and Jones can put together the season over a short period of time that he needs to put together. Uh, that the Zach Moss thing, I, I was not expecting that name. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm verifying right now. Please verify for, for uh, running backs on the season so far. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually showing here. Well, let's sort it the right way, Balky, you idiot. McCaffrey, Etienne, Mostert, Moss is fourth. <laughs> So he's actually he's actually ahead. He's and and Walker's not fifth. You know who's fifth? Who? DeAndre Swift. It yeah, is, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, sure. yeah. So that's wow. That is that is crazy. Sometimes you got to look at the statisticals, Bob. You know, yeah, Bobby yeah. Sangerman says it's all in the stats, Bob. You got to look the at them. Yeah. Got to look at the statisticals. By the way, you know who is eighth on this list, and he's been on IR for like two or three weeks. Is Kyron Williams. Yeah, yeah. Kyron Williams was a stud for the Rams of a short period of time. Um, a guy who the Browns were hoping was going to be a stud, and he has not been that way. Deshaun Watson is going to re uh, return to be under center this week, Farrell. He's going to start week nine. Now, we've seen this guy come, uh, you know, come come cold into, into uh, a season before. You think about last year, and it wasn't great. Um, he's missed some time this year. He's dealing with an injury. He's not fully healthy, obviously, but he's healthy enough to play. Um, I would say like, okay, this is a slam dunk. Let's see what he does. I'll keep him on my bench. Let's see what he does this week. And then we'll think about starting him in week 10. 
but he gets the Arizona Cardinals this week. Is he compelling at all to you, or are, are you resisting temptation, and you're going to keep Watson on your bench this week and, and see what he does before you deploy him again in your lineups? we got to play the game against who is he better than. And, well, you know, with some of the injuries, he may be better than. And if you drafted him, you likely believed in him. I didn't draft him, so I don't necessarily believe in him. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you drafted him, uh, you're – he was one of two, and if your if your other one was uh, if, you, if your other one was cousins, then you'll be starting Watson. This starting week. Watson. I, it's I, there's not a lot of guys that I want to start him over this weekend. But you know uh, how many buys we've got? We've, we're lining up Jacksonville on by and uh, Detroit is on yeah, by. Yeah, and a lot of people are leaning on golf and mm-hmm. and and just so. Yeah, I imagine we'll see him in some lineups. And I, you know what? If I have an opponent that's starting him based on the quarterbacks that I'll run out this week, I'll be pretty happy about that. <laughs> we have uh, Jake Rennie, the second place team in the FFPC main event, standing by. Last thing I want to get to before we get to him is uh, what happened with George Pickens last night mm. and then today. Pickens mm-hmm. catches two passes last night for negative one yard. Uh, this is coming off a week where he had one catch uh, last week, I think for, for 22 yards and a touchdown last week. And he did see two end zone targets uh, last night as well. Um, and he was basically a half a foot away from corralling one of those for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But obviously with Deontay Johnson returning, Johnson had had a fantastic game last night, finally scoring a touchdown for the first time since 2021. Um, Pickens uh, is playing the Green Bay Packers in week 10, a team that is hell-bent on not giving up the big play, something that Pickens has specialized in. Pickens posted on his Instagram today, um, uh, set me free or come uh, come get me or set me free, something like that. And then he removed all the Steelers um, oh, no. you know, images and, and, and everything from his account. Now, the, the point, what do we do for fantasy? At this point, Farrell, Pickens to me was already sort of like a fringe number three receiver, a fringe mm-hmm. flex. And now, man, I'm finding ways to get him out of my lineup going forward. I don't like the way this is trending in Pittsburgh, and I don't like his reaction to to what's happened the last two weeks to him either. I don't either. And he should have got his other foot down. I mean, then, yes, he, then he, he could have done a celebration and, and got more out of it. Okay, um, there's there's time to bring it together, and if anyone can bring it together, it's that coach in Pittsburgh. He'll uh, get him with a little bit of tough love and his his own feeling. That's a that's a, a great team with excellent players. And I don't think this, this kid's ready to spin off the earth uh, just yet. And he is a very, very young player. I think that this, we're seeing this more uh, when you have such a talent at a wide receiver that defenses are going to roll towards that player. They're going to do everything they can to shut down that one player. And they're going to ask you to beat you. Uh, Go ahead and beat me with Deontay Johnson, especially when your number one tight end is not available to you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh figured out how they wanted to win. I think the announcers broke it down very, very well last night. That Matt Canada calls a game based on the fact that we want to win with defense in Pittsburgh and we want to score 20 points and win games. So, you know, if Mr. Pickens might need to look at the fact that he is that, that he is making contributions to the Pittsburgh Steelers, not trying to compare himself with Downs and Addison and flowers to that degree that we love as fantasy players. Now Pickens is uh, 
Pickens is like Spider-Man with the football. He, he, he brings, we just talked about Downs and Pittman. He brings elements of both their games uh, and the better elements of both their games. He's a, he's a fantastic player. I think he was a bargain in the draft, and he was a bargain in the draft, not based on talent, but because of how uh, the, the intelligent players on the FFPC understand that he, that he was going to, you know, that his landing spot wasn't good. And it, mm-hmm. it is so it's not good. So, you know, he, he, he someone perhaps his agent might have to tell him that the trade deadline is over. You know, he, he, he set me free two days after the trade deadline. Yeah. So, you know, the timing is everything bulky, you know. Yeah. And, and George Pickens did not get his timing of his feet down or mm-hmm. the timing of his uh, his employment down. Call Nate Burleson. Call yes. Nate Burleson. Yeah, no Talk toe drag swag on that. On that you one. Talk to me. Talk to him about the feet. You know, gotta get the feet down. Uh, let's talk with our uh, guest tonight, who we're going to bring in stuff. right now. Uh, he's a multi-league champion in the uh, FFEC. He began uh, this past week just one spot out of first place in the chase for one million dollars in the Fantasy Football Players Championship main event. Please help me in welcoming onto the program. Mr. Jake Rennie. Jake, happy Friday to you, dude. How are you? Happy Friday. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing Jake. excellent. Doing excellent. Glad to have you on. Um, I know that you have um, your, your main event, former main event champion. What's it like when week eight ended? You know you're about halfway through the season, halfway through the NFL season. Obviously, we're motoring through the regular season of the, of the, uh, of the main event. Um, you see your team name, second place overall. In, a, in the chase for one million bucks, what's that feeling like? I mean, how can it not be fun, man? <laughs> but that being said, it's been the most stress-free team I've ever had to manage. You just look at the lineup, and then I haven't made any changes <laughs> for the most part, really. <laughs> and, and like, and and sometimes that's that's the best way to. I mean, like we have seen um, a lot of. I, I shouldn't say a lot. We have seen a few former overall champions uh, over the years. Draft really well. Depth wasn't all that great, um, but that made lineup setting easier, and it made team management uh, easier too. So there is something to be said for for having a stress-free path to $1 million. Yeah. We'll see if you can finish the job. We're going to talk with you about who you plan on finishing the job and cashing that seven-figure payday. Before we get into that, Jake, can you tell us what you're doing for a living? I believe you're in Massachusetts, right? Mm. That's right. I am in Massachusetts. Been a Patriots fan. Uh I work for a wedding company right now, doing uh, doing uh, private and wedding events. So it kind of makes watching football easier. At yeah. Least. I was, so so yeah, like it's a Saturday night. You make sure everything goes off without a hitch, and then Sunday it's all about just laying around and, and taking in uh, a fantasy football, right? Right. Hardly ever any weddings on Sunday. So right. Yeah. It's it's, it's a good gig. It's a really good gig, Farrell. And no you're you're exposed to bridesmaids during this activity. That's correct. Man, you're in, <laughs> and you're 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 showing up with that mustache. That, yeah, that, that's and right. you're you're yeah, you and and you're relaxed. You know, you're you don't have a lot of stress. I like the way things are going for you, Jake. <laughs> I, that's great, gas, Farrell. Man, that's great, gas. But I don't like anything about what's going on in Minnesota with the departure of our. Mr. Cousins, and when I look at your roster, you, there's nothing you can do about your roster. You were, you were smart enough to roster seven touchdowns already from Jordan Addison. Congratulations. What do you know 
about uh, our quarterback, uh, Balky. What's his name? Heron. Uh, Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. Yeah. Jaron Hall. Who so actually, I don't, know, I don't know if you guys realize this, and, and I found this out. Um, he was the quarterback for BYU last year that was throwing passes to Puka Nakua, believe yes, it or sir. not. I, yes. I had mind blown when I, when I, the first time I heard that. What, this is, what do you know about him, Jake? Let's listen to you. Uh, like Eric earlier, I did figure out he was throwing passes to Puka, watching his highlights earlier, because I did not know who Jaron Hall was. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know his name. I couldn't recall his name, although I watched him throw passes. I, I tell you what you're going to get, and um, this is what concerns me. He, he's a guy that's very, very uncomfortable in the pocket which is what your Addison has been. That's why you're – these guys were talking about Allen and Flowers. They're averaging 10 or 12 yards a catch. Your Addison's averaging 15, 16, sometimes 17 because the Cousins would wait until the very last moment to get him the ball, and you're not going to get that anymore. So now you're going to think to see a lot of what we saw from Deontay Johnson. I know it's hope we're not going to see what we saw from Mr. Pickens what Pittsburgh is trying to do. But this is a player. And my biggest fear about this guy is that it's going to get rough for him and he's going to tuck it and start running, which is what he liked to do in college. Of course, in college, in college, he was running away from the Nevada Wolfpack and the Boise States and those guys. And he's not going to run very far away from these NFL players. So I'm, I'm, I temper and change your expectations for Addison, my question to you is, is Addison such a player that it doesn't matter? He'll still find a way to get his. Your thoughts on Addison, because it's got to be your favorite player on your roster, right? Yeah, uh, we can only hope he can overcome what's going to come <laughs> fantasy, or quarterback-wise. Mm -hmm. You're right that uh, Cousins was more willing to stand in and throw, whereas uh, – Hall is inexperienced. He hasn't played NFL defenses. He's going to want to, if his first read's not there, he's going to want to tuck and run. So, but like you said, Addison just might be a superstar, man. He might just, uh, he might just be able to figure it out. Yeah. You know, our, our, the fellows are chiming in that Dobbs is there and is the heir apparent to the position, mm -hmm. but not this week, boys. And every week, you know, Every week is a new season in the NFL. All of us are experiencing that, except you, who haven't changed your lineup since week one. God bless you, and I'm so proud of you. But my point is that um, we got to get to stay number two. You've got to get that consistent performance, and that's what I want you to do, Jake. I want you to stay up there at the top where you can come back and win. Balky, February, have big celebration. It was January. Yeah. Talk about it. It's going to be good. It will be good. It's um, be good. You got excellent taste in music. Guys are chiming in here about some of your poster work. What's yeah. that to the right of Steely Dan back there? Uh, that uh, this is a Led Zeppelin poster. Oh That's yeah, Steely yeah. Dan. That's just a uh, art piece. The swing. Yeah. Jake, you just might be okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. passing the test with flying colors tonight, Jake, for sure. You know what uh, test you passed? Um, a week ago, this would have been. Um, yeah, roughly a week ago, off the waiver wire on this second place team for one singular dollar, 
Demario Douglas became a member of this squad. When people were paying through the teeth, um, you got him for a buck. Kendrick Bourne no longer a part of the 2023 plans for the New England Patriots. What are your expectations for Demario Douglas, who was coming on with a lot of targets for Mac Jones, even while Kendrick Bourne was healthy? Right. And the Pats are going to have to lean on him, right? Because Parker's going to be out too. And then it's Juju and then Jalen Rager, who they took from Minnesota earlier in the year. So he's going to have to be on the field every snap. He played 70% of the snaps last week. I mean, he has NFL-level burst, and uh, he just needs – Mac just needs to throw it deep once in a while. I really like that player. And, uh, you know, Parker is not available. Surprise, surprise. Bulky Parker, Devontae Parker not available. The best ability is availability. Yeah. yeah. We wish Devontae Parker well. I think it's a concussion this time. He won't be right. on the field. Um, but, yeah, Demario Douglas – I, I, I shouldn't say nobody's talking about him, but I feel like he's still flying under the radar. He could have a baffle uh, week nine here, and people and then everybody's going to be talking about him. Not to pick him up because he's rostered everywhere, Farrell, but they're going to be talking to get him in your starting lineups everywhere you can. I think that's going to be interesting. What did you see in him that made you pick him up before uh, the injury to Bourne? Well, um, I'm locked into Patriot stuff, so he's a name that you – if you're a Patriots fan, you've heard his name since before training camp because mm-hmm. he's the only one with real NFL speed on that team. Mm-hmm. So, real NFL uh, speed, Bulky. You hear that? Yes, fantastic. yes, I did. Yeah, that it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. You know, geography is important in this too. That's that's good stuff. You know, the geography down here, just down the road from me, at the University of Kentucky was Chris Rodriguez, and um, I like the player. When he was drafted, I was, you know, very curious to see where he would land. I did not like the landing spot, naturally. I mean, who could? He's on your roster. Why and what do you see in him? Well, he's healthy. He's a healthy running back body, which That's my team desperately needs. <laughs> uh, and he was efficient when he got some carries a couple weeks ago. And then I picked him up thinking it would keep going. And then he kind of got blank for snaps. Mm-hmm. The past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. That being said, I mean, Washington's offense has surprised a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Gibson just isn't really that good. Robinson always hasn't been healthy, so it can still work. He, he's a capable running back. And at Kentucky, he was one of those guys who seemed to get the ball. He would do more with more opportunity. And in the third and fourth quarter, he was running hard and running past SEC opponents, which is a big thing. Uh, you know, I, it's one of his strengths that he probably won't play to, but I like the pickup, uh, because especially late in the year, if somebody said, Hey, we're going with this young running back Rodriguez and he's going to be the feature guy, big things could happen. So I, I like that pickup. I picked him up a couple places too, but that wasn't for any second place team. Cause I don't have any second place teams. The they're all in first. That's the, that's no, the, no. Um, the uh, you know the other thing too with the Commanders' backfield, um, Antonio Gibson has been underwhelming like for years now. Um, Brian Robinson, you know, you mentioned the health aspect, Jake, which I agree with. Um, but it's not like Brian Robinson is like setting the world on fire and forcing the Commanders to keep him on the field because of his superior play. They could be turning to Rodriguez sooner rather than later. A healthy running back. On, on a team that has 
shown that uh, running backs can be successful in that system and you pick them up for a buck. Yeah. See what happens. I like that call uh, quite a bit. Now on your second place main event team this week, you have a very interesting call uh, because you do have some buy issues. Um, no, Jav- was it Javante Williams? Who is the guy that you have on buy your second running back uh, this week? ETN. ETN's on buy. Travis ETN. That's right. I'm sorry. So Please you don't have him. Next week. Yes. Right. Um, who's going to be starting next to Raheem Mostert this week instead of ETN? You you have a lot of options here. I wouldn't say any of them are are fantastic, but what's your thought process on figuring out which running back is going to be in your lineup next to Mostert? Yeah, you know, there's still some news coming out on some of these running backs uh, availability for Sunday. There's still some guys on the waiver wire I can get on Sunday to do a spot start. It, it'll probably be one of those guys on the waiver wire that I'll have to pick up and play. <laughs> but uh, if not, maybe he'll, I'll throw Trayvon Williams in there. Maybe Mixon loses a couple snaps you know, because he's not good. I don't know. It's going to be tough either way. Jake, let me ask you this. I'll, I'll ask a selfish question here. I'm battling a similar situation in one of my KFFSC leagues, actually, Farrell, um, where I have one really good running back on my team. I have two really good running backs, um, and uh, I, I'm missing one this week because of bye. I could pick up, if I wanted, either Damian Williams or Keontae Ingram. No Amari DeMarcado at practice today. He's probably not going to be playing. But it's the Browns, and that is a really, really tough defense. Are you expecting any kind of fantasy production from either one of those players? Right now, I don't have any bids in on either of those guys to pick them up. But I've gone back and forth on it. What do you foresee happening between uh, Williams and Ingram this week, assuming DeMarcado misses? Yeah, I could be convinced with uh, Keontae. He's like, he's he's kind of showing he can be shifty. And, you know, maybe uh, still wondering on Kyler's going to play. Is there any news on that yet? Do we know? No, I I think, what did I read that um, they're going to make the decision on the plane? I think uh, Jonathan yeah, Gannon said something that. That's a good idea, that, right? Yeah, I, that's just, it just makes no sense. Um, I, I know today, Jake, and this is official, The there was a Cardinals beat reporter that was watching practice. Um, Clayton Toon was throwing to the starting uh, pass catchers at practice, and Kyler Murray is throwing to the backups and practice squad guys. So I would assume it's probably going to be Clayton Tune, but we don't know anything official yet. Yeah, we're big yeah. Clayton Tune fans here on the show. We love Clayton Tune. Yeah. We have always been Clayton Tune fans <laughs> yes. since he was first introduced to us. We like Clayton. You know, we like Clayton. You know, there's a player uh, that I can't quit talking about, and I'm I'm in, I'm interested to talk about him because I can get a fresh dimension and um, feel for him now. Occasionally, Jake, we have guests that come on the show and struggle a little bit because they're intimidated by being in the presence of a broadcast professional like Balky. And I do what I can to make it, you know, easy for them. But uh, quite honestly, uh, we sometimes we write the questions, you know, to throw you a big softball. And uh, th- that's the way I think. Number six was a softball question, and you're not getting it that way. Uh, there's some question about who do you like better, Flowers, Bateman, Beckham. I mean, my girlfriend Bobcat could pick out that choice. So I mean, we're, we're, so we're okay. So what I want to know is, how long ago did you get tuned in and turned on to Flowers? Because Flowers is excellent there at your local university, apparently, right? That's right. That's right. College. And who did he remind you of? And did you? Was he your go-to, gotta have 
rookie receiver like he was for me? Uh, I think Flowers is a really interesting player because I think most of the people were saying he was kind of like Antonio Brown coming out in a way, you know, kind of that smaller size, but could still attack at all levels and could be successful. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was someone, you know, he, he kind of, he didn't really rise up draft boards during draft season that, no. that hard. That's all because the, Boston college. All, you know, they all kind of went around the same place. So I feel like you had to, you had to attack. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of rookies that we're talking about that we wish we had grabbed. You know, at some point, you, you got to say, oh, I got too many rookies, right, Balky? I mean, how many can you get? Yeah. And this year, you couldn't have got, you know, it just just yeah. keep, just keep stack them up, you know, because how fascinating it was. I feel that Flowers is Tyreek Hill waiting to happen. Am I Ooh. wrong? Spicy. I love it. I love that. You know, uh, during the drafting season, fairly just jogged my memory. For a while, all three of those Ravens receivers were all kind of bunched up, Flowers, um, Beckham, and uh, and Bateman. And then I want to say probably without about a month to go in, in drafting season, maybe maybe it was more like five or six weeks. Then we saw the separation where Flowers was going two rounds ahead, three rounds okay. ahead of those, uh, of those yeah. other guys, but still not as far ahead as he should have been going because he's been having a, a fantastic season uh, this year. Uh, another rookie receiver that I, I did see flying up draft boards, and this was happening in mid-August, is Marvin Mims. Everybody was excited to draft Marvin Mims as their fifth receiver, sixth receiver, because the pathway to success went through Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, and those are very wide, expansive highways to get through, <laughs> right? Um, and, and it was there. It was all there for Mims. We were counting down the days, or Marvin Mims owners were counting down the days, Jake, that to, until the trade deadline, because one or both of those receivers were definitely going to be moved, right? Yeah. Neither one of them was. Now that we know that as long as Judy and Sutton are healthy, they are going to be playing the duration of the 2023 season in Denver for the Broncos. Is Marvin Mims actually cuttable right now, or is he still a player that you want to keep around just in case something happens with Judy or Sutton? I, I don't think you can cut him yet. I mean, it hasn't been good. But, you know, I think you just have to stick with the talent. He's shown – he's done a little to, you know, to keep you in. That being said, too, uh, there was a, the third Broncos receiver had to uh, – got injured recently. Was it Brandon Johnson? I don't Yeah, I don't Brandon. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, so, good receiver. It's very impressive that you uh, – Recognize Brandon. There. Oh, J Jake's, uh, he's all world, man. He knows this. Yeah, he's all world. Stuff. He's all world. You know, when John Lennon leaned it's in and, and, and sung, it can't get much worse, you know, and you had to admit it's getting better all the time. Now it can't get much worse. That's that's where we are with Mims. Um, I don't know how to ask question number eight. It's a, it's a, a standard bottom line um, necessary question. Is What's the toughest lineup – situation that you're having this weekend we've already talked about your running back problems and then you have no other problems Balky, <laughs> do you want to go to the do you want to go to the um to the to the chat room and there's some guys asking some questions in here i mean jake might be able to shine some light on what he would do if he had to deal with this this sort of uh 
pedestrian lineup as some of our well, and, 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 and I'll ask you, I'll ask you this. Uh, so Bill Hollywood, who's hanging Bill Hollywood. Back, you mentioned earlier, Jake, about there could be a running back on the way on your waiver wire that you would look at this week um, and, and starting him. Bill Hollywood mentioned Chase Edmonds. Would you have any interest in Chase Edmonds for the Buccaneers starting him in again in a in a desperate situation as your second running back? I, th- I think he can because he, he already is solidified in that third down kind of third down role. Rashad White just hasn't done, really done anything this year. I mean, he, he's kind of compiled stats, but it hasn't really meant meant that much. Mm-hmm. And then the Bucks offense isn't really anything to sleep on. You know, they've been pretty good to me so far this year. So, you know, it's a it's a pretty good offense. You know, Chase Edmonds not very not a super talented player, but. He's, he's, he still has a little bit of burst. I think you can. I think you can still pick him up. And and we're, and we're talking about a one week thing here too, which right. like I, which I think we, we need to drive that point home too. It's not like we're we're picking up Edmonds for for the duration of the season or anything like that. We're trying to figure out who we're trying to catch lightning in a bottle here, and and that can be very difficult with with running backs on the waiver wire. I'm in the same uh, predicament in the league I already told you about, and a couple other leagues. It's not great either, but we'll get through it. We'll do it together. That's the way we always do it on this show. A couple of emails that that uh, rolled in for you here, Jake. Jeff in Bourne, Texas. Hey, Jake, are all three Denver running backs worthy of being on my rosters? Jeff in Bourne, Texas. We appreciate you, man. Thank you for emailing in. McLaughlin, Javante Williams, Samaje Pirine. All three of those guys are not playing this week. They are on a bye. Very, very difficult to keep them on your roster. Now, I don't think Jeff is asking about keeping all three on the same roster, but are all three of these guys roster worthy for you going forward, Jake? I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, that being said, I mean, one of them's probably going to get cut out as the season goes on because Javante is getting healthier. I think they're they're planning on using him more and more. So maybe one of those, one of the other guys, maybe P. Ryan, maybe McLaughlin get cut out. But I think you can maybe for a couple more weeks. Who's our guy, Balky, that always says never, never release a running back? Adam Krautwurst. Adam Krautwurst. Yeah, 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 Krautwurst is right about some things. You know, I don't know. But, you know, it, uh, yeah, I I suppose you're waiting for Williams to return to injury form and then those other guys in that joggernaut Denver Bronco (laughs) offense. I mean, um, Williams is beginning to get it. He's beginning to look like the Williams we expected. So it's good. Which stuff. and we knew it was going to be a process, right? We knew it was going to be a process for him to get to get all the way back, and he's getting there. Like there were so many people just uh, falling all over themselves talking about Julio McLaughlin at the start of the season, good even play. in early October. You haven't heard that same buzz uh, lately, and, and Javante Williams is a huge reason for that. Ed in San Diego uh, writes in, "What happened?" to Tony Pollard this year. Thanks in advance. That's Ed in San Diego. Last night on the Better Sports Network on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, Dave Tripoli was on. And Dave (laughs) Farrell, as you know, the biggest Tony Pollard guy out there. And it was like he was giving a eulogy at a funeral last night, talking about Pollard. He's like, I don't know, man. It hurts. It's I I own him everywhere. (sighs) He was of the opinion, Jake, that that once Pollard had the opportunity to be the guy on that Dallas offense, he could be a top five player. He, he was going to average ball. eight yards a carry. Yeah, exactly. He, he was going to. He was the greatest player that ever. And 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 uh, talked about him being potentially the number one overall running back. It's not happening for him. Do you have? I know you have Pollard on a few of your teams. 
Do you have any, uh, you know, uh, response or any sort of guess as to why things have, have been so mediocre at best for Tony Pollard in Dallas this year? Well, I think some of it has been game script driven. The Cowboys have had some funky game scripts where they just let off the gas late or they're getting smoked. So that being said, Pollard still hasn't looked that great. He's, you know, he needs to score touchdowns if he wants to be, right. if he wants to, you know, be near the top of the, he, of the he fantasy. He came in and it's just, we've just been saying this so long. And, you know, we fight with Turp and it falls on deaf ears. But, you know, he he came in with a different level of responsibility. And uh, being a change of base back is one thing. Being the lead back is another thing. And Dallas is looking for wins. Now, here's the thing about Pollock. He's going to be better down the stretch than he's been so far. And uh, that that's my that's my opinion on Pollard. Uh, but I would have – poor Dave Turp. I hope you guys didn't push him around too much. What about this comment from Rob Phillips? As I recall, Dave also liked Antonio Gibson this year. I don't remember that. Is that true, Farrell? Yeah, um, I don't ever remember him liking a member of the Foreskins, but um, he he possibly could have. You know, Rob asked a very interesting question coming out of New York. Uh, Maybe uh, as an East Coaster, our guest could handle that one. I have my opinion. Rob Rob Phillips wants to know, and and Bill Hollywood's been talking about Daniel Bellinger too as a potential flex this week with Derek Waller already ruled out. Not only this week, but multiple weeks. But Rob wants to know, gun to your head, and we're not going to do that physically. But Giants wide receiver that benefits the most from Darren Waller's absence. There's a lot of guys to pick from here. Is there one that stands out to you, Jake? Uh, It'd be Wandale for me. Wandale Robinson. Yeah. Ride to Kentucky. Yep, gotta be Wandale because Jones is coming back from an injury. He can't he can't take another injury. I mean, what is he like one one neck injury away from being basically out of the league at this point? So he has to he has to get the ball out of his hands. Oh, let's see where you're going with that. Let's see where you're going with that. A little the physical demands of the quarterback to <laughs> right, get rid right. of the ball early. Uh, you know, I like your case there for Wandale. I like Slayton, but you know, I like your case for for Wandale. I think that's impressive. Yeah, Wandale Robinson is, I mean, second round pedigree, um, a, a guy that has flashed when he's been in there. I think he's just just like anything, more reps, you know, um, more more targets, and and the more he gets, it seems like the more he does with them too. So mm-hmm. I think Robinson is probably the guy I would pick as well. Um, that said. I, I also don't think that any one of these guys is going to turn into somebody that you want to, you know, no, that, break that's in your kind of to the get your mind point there. Yeah. Yeah. want them. Um, Farrell, we do want one last thing, and that's to answer mm-hmm. uh, your final question. Uh, I'm going to ask it a little, I'm going to ask it a little differently. Go ahead. I'm going to ask it a little differently because I'm not looking for the bust of the week because I don't think. No, Jake, that's not in there. I took that out. I, I don't think Jake knows anything about bust anyway. No, no. We only draft studs. God, it's a bust. The guy only scored 15 points for me. That's a terrible situation. Okay, I now. drafted Rashad Penny on that team. I, there, I you go. Too, there, about, there you go. About right. bad picks. There's somebody you can go. Well, you know, you can use the global wavering. Who should yeah, right. we get into the lineups this week? Who should you? Who should you put in? What? What's your gutsy play? 
or what's a, you know, there were some questions about Kareem Hunt earlier, and I think that takes a little guts mm -hmm. uh, to make that move. And there was questions about down in Houston, do you stick with those guys? I say yes. Who's your gutsy move of the week to put in your lineup? How about uh, how about Kyle Pitts? Mm -hmm. Someone who probably has lost his lineup spot in a lot of people's lineups, but London's going to be out this week. Heineke stepping in as the quarterback. Pitts hasn't been that good. I mean, but he could draw. He could draw a lot of targets this week. He could he almost could. like he has to, right? Because, yeah, I mean, you know, I, now we got a Jonathan Smith question coming up. Um, oh God! As well, but yeah, this so that's coming. But like, I, I think the thing with the Falcons is, and Arthur Smith is going to Arthur Smith. I just always expect the unexpected from that offense now going forward. Like Kyle Pitts. He could have eight for 120 and two touchdowns. He might have three for 15. I just don't know what's what that team is capable of anymore. And we got a Johnny Smith question coming. Irv can't be too far behind. No, there's no Are Irv guys, Smith questions. It, it, Jake, you're probably not old enough to remember a couple years ago when Mac Hollins came in and scored 30 points uh, <laughs> for the for the great Raider team, and, uh, and I think it was week five. Uh, are you, are you, would you think about putting Mac in your lineup? You know, he, he still doesn't have any shoes, but he's got a job with the Falcons. You know, maybe uh -huh. he was a pretty popular pick for me in the last rounds, like during the summer. Yeah. You could have been picking Josh Downs or, or. Yeah. Luka. Right. Could have been picking Puka. Puka yeah. 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 Him too. Um, yeah. Kyle Pitts, I think is, is, is an interesting guy this week. Um, I, I think that um, the majority, I mean, Here's the thing. If you drafted Kyle Pitts, you were probably starting him uh, already uh, at, at, at your tight end spot. Um, I think um, I want to ask you here, and I just had it on my screen. Bear with me for one second about um, – um, 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 oh, you know what I want to ask you about? The uh, the Bears running back situation. Mm. Any Are any of those guys tripping your trigger against New Orleans this week? Be Foreman, Johnson, Darrington Evans, who got some run last week. Is there any love for any of those guys as sort of a, um, a, a, you know, put them in your lineup and see what happens, desperation type guy? Yeah, if, I mean, if you're desperate, probably lean Roshan, but I don't know. I don't know if you want you any of those You guys. don't like any of them. Okay, and that that's a fair answer to that question too. Wasn't uh, it our guest Brad Whitten that told yeah, us week? to get – to told it told us to get Foreman in the lineup when he yeah. scored his three touchdowns, or was that our guest from the week before? Um, it might have been the week before. I think mm -hmm. that was Matt Modico, right? Ah, oh, it was Matt exactly. Yeah, was. That said that, yeah. But sorry I think, about that, Matt. We might, Matt. we might, we were talking with Brad about Foreman last week too. I remember that as well. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. we took we covered a lot of ground tonight. Um, from the uh, second place team owner in the FFPC main event, a guy that has millions of dollars or at least one million dollars on his mind, trying to win it in the FFPC main event this year. His name's Jake Rennie. He was a fantastic guest. Jake, we wish you nothing but the best of luck going forward. May the ball bounce your way this weekend, and may you cash that seven-figure grand prize at the end of the season. Thanks for joining us tonight, dude. This has been awesome. Thank you guys so much. Pretty Thank good. You. We'll talk to you later, Jake. Jake Rennie, ladies and gentlemen, second-place team owner in the FFPC main event heading into week nine. Let's get in to some starter sits. I know you want to talk tight ends, Farrell. Um, and no, I just I, love tight ends in this. Uh, listen, I, got I don't a, have to. No, we're going to because I got okay. a perfect segue planned into that. So we're going to get All into right, it. All right, let's do it. The first email is going to come from Justin in Philadelphia. 
Is Jordan Love the smarter play at home against the Rams over Geno Smith in Baltimore? Justin in Philly, we appreciate you. This is compelling to me because yeah. I think the Packers offense actually shows up for both halves this week. I think they have a good week. Although Geno Smith has Metcalf, has Lockett, both of them off the injury report this week, they're going to play. Jackson Smith and Jigba going to play. Charbonnet, Walker, like everybody is there. The full squadron of Seahawks, the whole flock is ready to take on the Ravens. That said, I don't know how well they're going to do. Um, I trust the track record for the Seahawks more. I trust the the um, um, uh, matchup and um, my own gut in, in thinking that the Packers are actually going to put up 20-some-plus points this week. I know it's not popular. I'm going to say love over Geno Smith, but I am biased. I'm going to say Geno Smith because people just count him out and count him short his entire career. And I'm not going to be the one to do it for Jordan Love. I'd probably do it for some other quarterbacks, but not Love. So um, either way, if you're in this situation, You've got two compelling quarterbacks because your number one guy is probably not available, say, say it's Lawrence maybe. You, you've done a good job giving yourself options. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that um, um, I, I obviously could be wrong on this too. I mean, the, the, the if you look at what the Packers have done, no first-half touchdowns in like five weeks or something like that. It's been insane. I just – I'm telling you, I have a feeling this week, and, and I think Love turns it on, and I think he outscores Smith. Very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um Get to the next email here. Randy and Dayton. Hey, fellas, which backup running back should I start this week? Royce Freeman at the Packers or Zach Moss at Carolina? Thank you. That is Randy and Dayton. Do we know, Farrell, that, I mean, is is Royce Freeman going to be the backup? Randy, go look at those statisticals. (laughs) Go look at your statisticals. Right. Zach Moss is your guy. So, so the, the thing with, um, with Moss is like, and, and I, th- I think, I feel like we've said this the last couple of weeks, Farrell, mm-hmm. that Moss and Taylor were both startable. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, Taylor has been getting the lion's share of the carries, but Moss has been very efficient with, with mm-hmm. his guys as well. I'm with, uh, with his touches as well. I'm with you on this. I think it's Moss, even though the Packers uh, rush defense has been bad this year, I, th- I still think it's Moss over Freeman uh, this week. So you and I are uh, of a core uh, of, of similar accord there. Fred in Grand Rapids. Hey, hi, Farrell and Bulky. Would you roll with Jahan Dotson or Rasheed Rice this weekend? Now, Rasheed Rice doesn't really matter if it's a home game or not because it's sort of a road game for both the Chiefs and the Dolphins. They're playing in Germany uh, this week, Rasheed Rice is. Um, Jahan Dotson is going up against the Patriots um, on the road. And that is interesting. Well, that matchup is not interesting. But the Dotson aspect is is interesting because this is a guy that's been uh, on the come up. He, he's been slowly he, – he looked like a massive bust four or five weeks ago, and now he's slowly starting to rebuild his value. Farrell, which one would you rather play this week? Is it Dotson or is it Rice? If you get off X and go to Instagram, you'll find all these guys popping up to tell you not to overthink things in your life, Bonky. Do not overthink this one. Rashi Rice, you asked me weeks ago who the emerging receiver would be, and I'm, I'm I would I want to I want to roll back the script because I'm hoping you said if it, it's in addition to Rice. I think we agreed, and I said Tony, and Tony is still waiting to emerge. He's actually still being waited to you know, wait. He, he hasn't even gone to the deep end yet, 
Rashi Rice is diving off the high dive, man. Get Rashi Rice in your lineup. He'll find the end zone over there, Jeremy, this weekend. Over over Dotson, you would still play. Oh over yeah, Dotson. easy is easy choice. Don't even okay. think. About it. All right, so I well I won't think about it. Don't I'm even gonna, think I'm, about. I'm going to play Rice then. I'm going to play Rice. I was kind of on the fence on this, but if I'm not allowed to think, I'm just going to go with Rashid Rice. <laughs> Rashid Rice. I, I listen to my co-host, ladies and gentlemen. Final email we have this week is from Rick in Salida, Colorado. I'm in a tough spot at tight end for Week Nine. Would you play Hunter Henry over Jonu Smith? No, with you Drake are. London probably not playing. Keep up the great work. That's Rick in Salida, Colorado. Well, officially now we do know that Drake London is not playing uh, this week. It will be um, the uh, Johnny Smith, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, perhaps Matt Collins show uh, against the uh, the Vikings this week. Henry uh, this week or Johnny Smith, Farrell? Wow. Sometimes when I travel, especially on like New York to LA or, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and of course they're traveling private, but sometimes I'll, I'll imagine, you know, that Angelina Jolie, if I get bumped up to first class, that she might come in and sit down next to me on the plane, you know, it would be a similar likelihood of Johnny Smith ever helping your fantasy team. <laughs> now he can, he can occasionally catch balls. And, you know, miracles do happen. You don't need to cash in on that. John U. Smith or who? Hunter Henry. Well, Hunter Henry is what you're going to do here, especially. Okay. You know, but it, it, that's, you, you know, that's a long wait, too. How did you get yourself into this situation? Well, he, said, I, he said it's a bad week, so I'm assuming that it's, it's a bye well, week. Well, you know, if it's a bad week, put your, put your bets on the guy that's got the biggest track record of being a player. That's Hunter Henry. And John New Smith is, is a is a journeyman tight end who is backing up a, a star that they can't get the ball to. Why should they get and everything's all, you know, because we got a new quarterback. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm dreaming of Desmond coming in in the fourth quarter and saving the team, but that's that's another dream too. I have a lot of dreams, Bob. Yeah, well, it's good to be a dreamer. Yeah, I'm uh, telling you, man. Always world. dreaming. 2017 Kentucky <laughs> Derby winner. There you go. Um John o. Smith had that section in the middle of the season where yeah. he, he had five for 37, six for 95, six for 67. But the last three weeks, those are real three. numbers. Those. Yes. And it's been bad after that. It's and it's, and it's going the wrong way. Hmm. Four for 36, three for 27. And last week against the Titans, one catch for 13 yards. So I think you are better off with Hunter Henry, even though Drake London will not be out there uh, this, uh, this week for Atlanta. Did I, what what aspect of tight ends did you want to cover tonight? Um, I, I know for me, I was scrambling a little bit in a lot of my leagues because I have Laporta everywhere, yeah. and, and I had to kind of figure out what I'm doing at, at tight end this week. And well, I, I think we've got a nod. I think we got a nod ahead to you. Um, tip the cap, so to speak, because there's a lot of people that buy into the fact that your rookie tight ends can't help you. And uh, you didn't do that. You were, you were strong in Laporte, and he, he, I believe he's the number three producing tight end uh, in the FFPC. I, I, I think we're beginning to get what we wanted to get from Andrews. I think the compelling start is Goddard. Uh, yeah. that, you know, we have to count on Goddard. Things have soured in Buffalo. Things continue to be souring in Atlanta. I believe that the tight end, and we really had good timing on it. With Dalton Schultz, I believe that Dalton Schultz is ready to take off, but he turned in a disappointing number last week. So it, it 
it remains a key. I would like to know what you think about uh, Higby this weekend. But the tight end position for those that did not spend the draft capital to get the elite or the the fantastic rookie, uh, it, it's very important to people that are still in contention that don't have those players as to as to what they're going to do. And I think it changes every single week. And uh, it, it, it's got to be more than a guessing game for you. And, and, you know, Evan Ingram can't find the end zone, but last week he put up 22 points. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully when he comes through the bye weekend, he'll be putting up more. So I, I just think it's it's the most compelling position in the FFPC. And I, I think I'm waiting to find a late-season riser, a guy that if we looked at double-digit weeks, we could say, well, you know, after we hit week 10, that guy was in the top five. You know, and maybe that guy could be Goddard, I don't know. It could be, you know, who else it could be if he keeps up this pace and he's got a ways to go. Could be Dalton Kincaid too. Mm-hmm. I mean, could be Logan way. Thomas, who I <laughs> poo pooed your idea of Logan Thomas, and he's been uh, yeah, he he's been a, a good contributor. Number thir- number thirteen for tight ends in the FFPC this yeah. year, and, and he could be he could be in the not he could be in the top five uh, from now through the end of the season. Too. Now here's a guy who's actually closer than both of those guys to the top five right now. And I don't know if you have your figures in front of you, but the guy who is seventh in scoring for tight ends this year in the FFPC, he's behind Kelsey, Hawkinson, Laporta, Andrews, Engram, Kittle. Who is number seven on that on this list, Farrell? Mm, good question. Is Jake Ferguson moved that quickly up? Ferguson is still, he's outside the top. Ferguson's 50. still down. Um, oh, goodness, Balky, dead air. I don't have an answer for you. Cole Komet. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that's our boy. That's our boy. Now, Cole will do that to you. He'll throw you up some good numbers, and then he'll throw you zero. When's his last zero? Was it last week or the week before? Uh, Last last week he had uh, 22.9. Yeah, it was a good week last week. The week before? He had zero against the Raiders. So he'll throw those out there, and a lot of that's quarterback and situational dependence. You would have to think since the young rookie quarterback is in, he had a zero the next game. He, it looks better, and you would have to think that it's going to continue to look better. Right. Yeah. I, I, you, you know, you think back to um, where we were drafting these guys, the order we were drafting them in, and and you look at how. And again, it's a long season. We're basically halfway through the NFL season, but you look at Sam Laporta, number three. Um, Cole Komet is number seven. Logan Thomas is thirteen on this list uh, right now. Johnu Smith Farrell is 15th. I'll just put that out there right With now. a bullet. <laughs> Where's Irv? Yes, Where yes. is Irv? He's, he's way, way, way well, down. We need a number. He's he's surely <laughs> on the chart. He's not on the chart I'm looking at. I'm looking 28? at like the, no, no, he's lower than that. He's oh, got to be. What did I say? Um, um, Logan Thomas was 13. So mm, you're looking man. at. I mean, my God, Irv, Farrell. You know, Irv was the tight end poster child. For the pros during the pros versus Joe, right. if you will, you will recall. That yep. was, just want to throw that out there. Um, it's I good am looking at Joe. He is outside the top fifty. Right oh, nineteen point seven points for the FFPC. Yeah, he's had a moment season. or two. He's had a moment or two. Um, yeah, and everybody's asking about Jelani Woods, Farrell. Any insight into that? I don't know. Uh, I think he's re-enrolled at Oklahoma State, but he's out of eligibility. I, I really don't know. Graduate um, assistant. 
You, you've got these. He, he was Oklahoma State, was he not? Uh, look it up. I, yeah, I, I, I could be wrong. Um, it, it, a, a wonderful target athlete at a bad landing spot. He needs to pray for free agency. But there's something about his game, uh, his ability to get open, stay open. Just because you're, you know, a big guy who's the most athletic target that played at Cincinnati, who's now with the Jets. Uh, what was that kid's name? Number eighty-seven. Good player. Good. Went to Auburn. Uh, name escapes me. He's on the Jets roster right now. Maybe one of the guys can help us out. You know, he, tight, hold on. Tight tight end for the Jets. Are you talking about? He tight end for the Jets now. Previously at Cincinnati. Oh, um, um, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, driving not, me nuts. I could see not it. just me. And I don't have any kids, Bulky. I don't have I, the worries you have. This is this is a problem. You he dyed know. his hair blonde for hard. Dyed his hair blonde. You know, you know, natural will get you further. Is all I'm, I'm pointing. He's a but, really you know, smart guy. He's he's a and everything about him. You look at him and say that guy should. You know, that guy should be a tremendous. CJ Uzoma. Yes. That's who it was. He CJ, should, CJ should be a tremendous contributor at the position, but his career didn't work out where he had the right landing spot. It's the same reason Irv Smith. I know you're picking on Irv Smith, but nobody can be uh, you know, productive at that position. And in Cincinnati, when Hayden Hurst caught all those passes, he still had an eight yard average because, you know, Burrow would get him. Yeah, it's a whole other story. We talk all day about it. The it's first- difficult. It is difficult. The first four years of Jelani Woods' career were indeed spent at Oklahoma State. He was a graduate student and played his final year at the University of Virginia. That's why I get, yeah. Boy, he looked good at Virginia, too. He did look good. He did look very good. Um, Last thing I'll I'll bring up here is is, uh, Reddy's question here. Thoughts on Leonard Fournette. Is he a better running back four than Cam Akers, Elijah Mitchell, Justice Hill, etc.? Okay. So if, if I had the decision right now, um, I'm not cutting Akers or Mitchell for Fournette. I like Akers and Mitchell better. Justice Hill gets a little bit dicey. I just don't know the shape that Fournette's in right now, um, and I don't know how fast he can be a contributor. And I also think about how I understand Buffalo went out and got this guy, but I also know that Buffalo, for whatever reason, just does not like to run the football as much as you'd think. And so for that reason, I think it's sort of a toss-up between Justice Hill and Leonard Fournette. Maybe I lean towards Fournette uh, because he's the mystery box, but I don't know, man. It's it, It'd be tough. If you got your spot on or on the roster, use the uh, global waiver wire. Uh, get him for a couple bucks, see what he does, and maybe you found some right. late-breaking gold. But, right. um, yeah, that's how I would handle Fournette. Uh, that's how we handle the show, uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour here every Friday. It's going to. We got to go already. We got to go already. Yeah, like my wife is out of town this weekend again, so my my uh, my mother is watching my kids right now, so I got to get home to her. Uh, but Farrell, it is. Uh, it is, I'd be remiss if I didn't say how much I enjoy these Fridays with you and enjoy talking football with you. Great guest tonight, and Jake Rennie, oh, and cool. I can't wait to do it again with you next week. You know what? I'm, I, if Jake wins the million dollars, I'm I'm interested to know what his vinyl collection will look like because I think yeah. he'll go, I think he'll go buy some vinyl. Jake's an old soul, you know. A lot Maybe of Steve Jan, a lot of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, giving him a little it. insight. Two right. good choices. Farrell, right. we will uh, check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com, and we will talk with you next week. Thank you, sir. Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. 
want to thank him. I want to thank uh, our guest tonight, Jake Rennie, the second place team owner in the FFPC main event. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour returns a week from today with the third place team owners in the main event. Yeah, that's right. The guys right behind Jake in the standing. They're going to come on next week. It's Peter Puzzo and Paul Teixeira will be joining us on the program next week. In case you missed Tuesday's Road of His High Stakes Lowdown, it was yours truly and the 19th place uh, Fantasy Pros Championship team owner, Chris Lajawa. Uh, you can check that out on the FFPC socials, including YouTube. That's still up there. Show returns this Tuesday night at 10 p.m. with Mark Davidson, guy who's been on this show before. He's the owner of a top 40 team in the Fantasy Pros Championship as he's chasing a million-dollar grand prize as well. In case you missed last night's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, no worries. It is on the FFPC YouTube. It's on the BSN YouTube if you want to watch that back. Uh, Dave Terpoli from the FFPC was my guest this coming Thursday. We're going to go live from 7 until 9 uh, with 4 for 4's John Daigle. It'll be me and him chopping it up for two hours. Always uh, love doing shows with that dude. Remember to go to myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft, no salary cap. Choose the 10 or 12 players that you want to roll with. Uh, no stacking, one player per team. Uh, and once you choose your players, you just watch them pile up the points and you can win as much as $2,500 this weekend. As little as $35 to enter, you can also enter for $200 as well. Global bidding, global fab now available at myffpc.com. Try it out. It's going to be great. It's going to be a massive time saver for all you volume players out there. Something that uh, you had asked for in our survey that we sent out earlier this year. And we answered, and it is available right now. And hopefully it makes those Wednesday evenings, Saturday nights, and Sunday mornings go a lot more smooth for you. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with your friends and enemies, and get notified every single time we go live, which will be Tuesday at 10 p.m. with myself and Mark Davidson. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Really appreciate you. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Two things I have to remind you of. Uh, number one. 9.30 a.m. kickoff from Germany. Chiefs and Dolphins get those lineups submitted Saturday night or very early Sunday morning. Um, that's the bad news that, that you got to make sure you make an adjustment to your schedule. Good news is, for those of you who observe it, daylight savings time, we're falling behind, so you'll get that extra hour to submit lineups or prepare or whatever you want to do. You can do that as well. Uh, I'll leave it up to you. Spend your time how you will. May the ball bounce your way in week nine. We'll talk with you again next week. Thanks for watching, everybody.